This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're going to talk some money and politics. We've got Liz Peek, Fox News contributor and syndicated columnist, and Steve Moore of FreedomWorks and Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline, and his very fine radio show, More Money, which follows this broadcast on most of these very same stations. So welcome back to both of you. Um, before we get deep into politics, politics, I just want to um, get your comments. Memorial Day weekend, this is about um, we are celebrating, reminiscing, praying, expressing our gratitude for the actual reasoning behind the holiday weekend, which is the men and women who made the ultimate sacrifice and gave their lives in wars in the U.S. military anywhere in the world. It started at the, right after the Civil War. U.S. Grant was the first president to celebrate a really large-scale uh, Memorial Day. It became a national holiday, holiday in 1971. Uh, Liz, they, they made the ultimate sacrifice to protect American democracy and freedom and keeping us the greatest country in the history of history. And, you know, Liz, that's a sobering thought, but my thought on that sobering thought is I want to keep America that way. That's what I'm thinking about this Memorial Day weekend. I want to keep America that way. Well, I think you're not alone, Larry. And I think it was Tim Scott, maybe, who said, let's not just remember the fallen. Let's remember why they made that ultimate sacrifice. And I think that's really what we all should be thinking about, what were the virtues, the values of America that made millions of people go to war, <clears throat> not once but several times, to support and defend our country? What is it about this country that instills and inspires that kind of courage and commitment? And I, and I think a lot of us feel that we're beginning to lose sight of those values, lose our commitment to them. Nothing could be more important. Well, she's right, uh, Steve Moore. And, you know, uh, looking at American politics today, I think there are forces on the left that don't care. They're not celebrating Memorial Day weekend. In fact, they're probably opposed to it. They don't understand why it's important to keep America the way America is, founded on the basic principles of freedom and democracy, Steve. I mean, I think that's an important theme. I want to keep it that way. (laughs) Me too, boy. And, you know, I... uh... My uh, grandfather fought in World War One, Larry, and my father fought in World War Two. Now, they did not pay the ultimate sacrifice, but boy, did they sacrifice. My uh, grandfather lost his arm in World War One, And so uh, I, I've said this so many times. You and I have talked about slur. We need a new patriotism in this country. Yes. It should be one of the – and I want the presidential candidates. Uh, Tim Scott talked a bit about it. But every one of them should talk about the greatness of America and the importance of <coughs> making – uh, sacrifices for the greatest country on earth. We have had these declinist periods, Liz, in the past, but we've snapped out of them. I mean, most notably, most, most notably, uh, the Reagan era snapped us out of a uh, declinist period. Now, we have been in a declinist period recently. Um, how hard is it going to be, in your judgment, to snap out of it? Well, oddly, I'm not sure that good times snap us out of it, Larry. I almost feel like we have to have some duress 
to make people kind of get back to basics and to talk about the things that are really important. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I'm really tired of talking about transgender bathrooms. I'm not sure that's really mm-hmm. the most critical issue facing this country. I think our contest with China is extremely important. I think actually I was thinking about this this morning when I was reading the Wall Street Journal editorial about uh, a decision in Illinois <clears throat> that will cost a lot of youngsters the opportunity to go to good schools. And they were talking about how in Illinois, 12% of black children are, are able to read at the normal level. 13% can do math. How is that not the most important issue facing America? If our future is going to be, ter- be determined by coming generations, this is something all politicians should be talking about. This is all of us should be focused on this. I would love to see an election that actually begins to revolve around school choice, which, by the way, is making headway. I mean, I think parents across the country are incensed about what went on during COVID. They're determined to make a a battle for their kids' future. But the future of our country is being undermined in our schools, not just by incompetence, but also by ideology. And, And we all see this happening. This, to me... You know, in terms of getting back on track, Larry, what could be more important than bringing our kids along with us? Mm. Hey, Steve, what the heck is wrong with Illinois? And by the way, <laughs> what, um, what what what's the outcome of this crazy governor of North Carolina? Uh, well, first of all, in Illinois, just to give you a sense of how bad things are, did you know that the you know the new population um, census? numbers just came out last week did you know you guys know chicago has a lower population today than it did 100 years ago Unbelievable. It's amazing when you consider that the u.s population is tripled the same thing by the way has happened to almost all of the blue cities across america people are leaving because of the factors that liz mentioned but also that you not just the terrible schools that's a big problem but also the high taxes the crime and so on um then you've got this North Carolina governor who uh, basically was saying that uh, to have school choice for all uh, kids, regardless of their skin color, regardless of their income, would be like dropping an atom bomb on the public schools, which was interesting because he sent his kids to a private school. <laughs> so right. there's so much hypocrisy on the left. I mean, I could count to, you know, dozens and dozens of governors and members of Congress and senators who sent their own kids to private schools, but they don't want low-income kids and and black and Hispanic kids to go to these schools. So there's a big hypocrisy factor here. And I couldn't agree with Liz more. I mean, it is, it is, this is the civil rights issue and the economic issue of our time. We cannot compete internationally against China and Japan and Mexico and all the other countries. If we have kids that can't read their diploma, it is, it is, that's how bad some of the schools have gotten. Well, and I think that, look, the battle writ large here on Memorial Day, you've got a left wing, which uh, under Joe Biden, at least temporarily, uh, has some additional authority, uh, additional authority and um, uh, additional power. I say temporarily, at least that may be more of a, of a hope than a promise, but whatever. Uh, there's cultural Marxism. There's economic Marxism. Uh, there's isolationism. Hello. Uh, there's no one. Uh, yeah, I can hear you, Steve, by the way. I don't know if you can hear us. Um, you know, while Steve gets straightened out, Liz, 
I mean, the left has probably got as much power now as they ever have that I can think of in the last hundred years. And that yeah, is not and, good. That is and not and good. by the way, it's not like their position, their their uh, representation in the country has exploded. It hasn't. I mean, mm. it's still a very narrow segment of the population that describes themselves as very liberal. I think the number's like 7 or 8%. But, you know, I was looking at those CNN polls that were utterly disastrous that came out showing Joe Biden really, uh, I mean, just in terrible trouble in terms of approval and so forth. And, uh, you know, you, you can really thank Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden can thank Bernie Sanders for that because, remember, early on, he signed a deal with Bernie Sanders that he would basically adopt his agenda to get the Bernie bros on board with his election. And it worked. They did come out. They did vote for Joe Biden, and they took over the White House. And I think, you know, nobody wanted that. Everyone was pretending that Joe Biden was a moderate. Sometimes sometimes still in the press you see that, uh, that, you know, he's a moderate rep- Democrat. He, he is no such thing. And none of his uh, legislative acts would would kind of go in that direction. So I think what's really been remarkable is we've had a near socialist government, mm. and you see it everywhere. The amount of spending, the undermining of corporate authority, uh, replacing it with executive authority, uh, it's pretty astonishing. We got to get. I, I mean, honestly, Larry, whatever else, you, I don't care who the candidate is, we have got to get rid of Joe Biden. Because the takeover of his administration by the far left has been the most dangerous thing this country has faced in a long, long time. You know, that's um, an interesting point. <clears throat> they did sign. There was some document yep. agreement. That was, was that before the election? I think it was. And Joe yeah. Biden sort of said, yes, you know, I do want your voters to vote for me. And I'm sorry you're not the candidate. But here's what we'll do together, you know, and look at the Green New Deal or Inflation Reduction Act. Excuse me. That is Bernie Sanders talking and the American Rescue Act, two point one point nine trillion dollars. That is Bernie Sanders talking. This is not Joe Biden. And Steve Moore, are you back with us? Blank. Okay. Uh, let's take a break, and we'll sort of reconnect, Steve Moore. We're here with uh, Liz Peake, Fox News contributor and syndicated columnist. We'll get Steve Moore back. Steve Moore's more money on radio right after this show. I'm Kudlow. We'll come right back after this. Larry Kudlow. Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. We're talking money and politics with Liz Peake. Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist, and Steve Moore of Freedom Works and Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline, and his great radio show, More Money, which follows this show. Um, I want to read uh, Kids uh, Politico headline, actually Politico magazine, by Jonathan Martin. Are the anti-Trump GOP forces starting to implode? A mission control breakdown for DeSantis and smooth launch for Scott bode ill for those hoping to thwart the former president. Now, Steve Moore, the politics here are very interesting, what Jonathan Martin is saying. Uh, Tim Scott has a lot of support in the Senate. Now, John Thune came out and supported him publicly, but Scott is in some sense going to be the candidate of the party regulars, including Mitch McConnell, which damages DeSantis, who needs the party regulars, uh, in addition to his Florida base, to unseat Trump. 
What do you think about that? The anti-Trump uh, forces starting to implode. Uh, look, Trump is just looking so strong. And, you know, I have to say, Larry, um, that given what has happened with the economy, and it looks like it's just, it's just you know, so stagnation is what we have. It's, it's basically just uh, stagflation um, that is hurting American families. And you, when you get 75% of Americans who think the country is going in the wrong direction, they can look back at the Trump years. And uh, you've talked to uh, President Trump. I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. I just said, look, stay on this message is, you know, are you better off than you were four years ago? And three out of four Americans say they're worse off. And so I think Trump has a strong message. I, I think he has flaws as a candidate, no question about it. He is the, an incredibly polarizing figure. And the kind of more moderate Republicans will try to find anybody but Trump. But I'm not so sure right now we can find one. Now, let me just say this about Tim Scott. I love Tim Scott. I think his message is fantastic. I love the idea of having a, a black American as the Republican uh, presidential nominee. I'd love to see that. Uh, I think Ron DeSantis has clearly been the best governor in America. So we've got a great field right now. I mean, Vivek. Vivek is catching on with his kind of with young people. It's great to see, you know, an Indian American <laughs> running as a Republican. Yeah, so we yeah. are, you know, so I love our field. Who have they got? <laughs> actually, you, actually, just to be, you've got two Indian Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Those, Nikki Haley and yeah, Vivek yeah. Ramaswamy. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Liz, though, the, the interesting part of this is that uh, Tim Scott, by the way, has got 20 something million in the bank. So that's a nice number. But he's good. he could be the candidate of the so-called regular Republicans in the Senate and that that would detract from what Ron DeSantis needs and that that helps Trump. It's an interesting political argument, Liz. What do you think? Um, I don't know how important what the regular senators think is, uh, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> <clears throat> That's very funny. <laughs> Sorry. It's probably detrimental to Tim Scott that he has all the senators. Yeah, well, right. he, got, he got John Thune's endorsement. <laughs> well, a- actually, uh, honestly, Steve, what people are saying now about DeSantis is that having people like Carl Rowe, and other sort of moderate, what they call mm-hmm. rhino Republicans, uh, Jeb Bush, uh, George Bush funders and people like that supporting mm-hmm. DeSantis is really hurting him uh, in the eyes of, you know, Trump voters. So mm-hmm. it's a really complicated landscape. But I want to go back to what Steve said. We have a deep bench. They have no bench. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I honestly beginning to think anybody can beat Joe Biden. And that is the most important thing. I didn't think Trump was going to be was in a position to do that because his unfavorables are so high. But guess what? Joe Biden's unfavorables are getting to about the same place. And if it is indeed a pocketbook recession, kitchen table, I mean, election, kitchen table election, people are indeed going to say, well, wait a minute. Under Trump, my under Trump, my taxes were low. And by the way, no one's even talking about things like the fact that we've got a giant tax hike looking at us. Yes. Uh, you know, we need somebody in the White House that's yes. going to really stand up against that. You are. That's a key point, Liz. <laughs> it is. Right it is. In, in 2025, right after the election, the Trump tax cuts totally expire. Yeah. That's exactly right. 
So we need the message about how this is going to work for you. And I really don't think many Americans are going to think Joe Biden's message is the one that's going to work for them. Steve Moore, I do, worry a li- I do worry a little bit about if I, you know, as I look at the Democratic field. I mean, Gavin Newsom could be a very difficult candidate for Republicans. And he is, I don't know if either of you have met Gavin Newsom. He's, um, he's, a, he's kind of a Bill Clinton in terms of his personality. He's a very charming guy, yeah. likable person. Although I think if you're running against Gavin Newsom, and I think there's a, you know, a, a decent chance that he could end up being the Democratic nominee. Yeah. I still think, I don't know what you guys think, I still don't think them, that, that they're going to put Joe Biden back on the stage again. And uh, so then it has to be about California. Do you want America yeah. like California? Yeah. I think most Americans probably say, oh, no. <laughs> By the way, I know Gavin quite well. I agree with you. He's a charming guy. Um, in his heart of hearts, he's not as far left as California, but he's governed on the far left. And That's now true. he's that stuck in this crazy reparations debate. That's true. But look at, Steve, the, the problem with DeSantis is still, it is going to be a pocketbook election. Uh, he does not have, nor did he really message uh, on Wednesday, an economic agenda. This is the issue. I don't know. Let's just take what you said. He should contrast Florida with California. Yeah. He should contrast yeah. Florida with uh, yeah. New York. It's all yeah. there for him. Whether it's right. because of him or not, the reality is people are going from New York to Florida, and there's good reason for that on taxes and spending and economic yeah. growth. Yep. But yep. he doesn't get there. He just doesn't get there. And when he does mention the economy, it's like the fifth thing. And I don't understand how his advisors are uh, ignoring the need uh, to show that he could be a good steward of the economy. Well, I agree with that. I mean, I think his strongest case is that Florida is right now basically the the fastest growing state in the country. Everybody wants to move there. You've got, you know, it's it, he won Hispanic votes, he won Asian votes, he won every, everyone's votes in a state that used to be a purple state. Now he has turned it into a red state. So he should talk about all the economic development in Florida and think, we can bring this Florida out. Liz, you've got to go in there and kick some butt inside his campaign. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You do. I know. I, I do think that they they're sort of missing a bet there. Actually, I almost never quote Peggy Noonan, but today she has a column out talking about Tim Scott and Ron DeSantis, and she makes, I think, some very good points about DeSantis. One is that he should own his faults. In other words, people talk about him being awkward, charmless, et cetera, and he can turn that into a virtue. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I won by an overwhelming margin. It was probably my charm. And as she says, people are going to say, well, actually, obviously, that's not true. So why did he win? Well, because he's smart, he's capable, he's a good manager, et cetera. I, I, think, I think that campaign needs to get more sophisticated. They need more people weighing in. Number one should be the economy, and he's got great data to back him up. Uh, and I do think he, you know, he can kind of leave Disney behind and talk about taxes, talk about you know, a favorable environment for growing a business because, gosh, hundreds of thousands of people in New York, in Illinois, in California, and all these red state, blue states are looking at that and saying, I wish I had a business in Florida. That's what I want to do. You know, Steve, uh, DeSantis has too many donors and not enough supply siders. (laughs) 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 He's got 
Yes. We, well, Larry, we're going to do a dinner yeah, up in New York like we did in 2016 with all the candidates. And, and DeSantis has said, you know, he wants to do it. And we're going to have, you know, we're going to have our committee to unleash prosperity. Uh, you know, we're even going to have, you're going to love this. You know who we're going to get next month? Robert F. Kennedy. Who? who? Kennedy. Uh, Bobby Kennedy? I mean, Bob Kennedy Jr.? Yes. Oh. That'd do be I, interesting. Do I have to go yeah. to that one? <laughs> yes, you do. I want to hear what the guy has to say. I mean, you know, the one thing he was right on was COVID lockdowns. Yes, yes. You know, he, he was, was against them, and he was yes. right. But anyway, so, yeah, look, I can't wait to see when DeSantis comes in and you and me and Art Laffer and Steve Forbes and Liz, we hope you're there. We really need to drill them on the, on the supply side message and the Reagan message of, of growth because you're right. It's sort of missing. It's like an afterthought in his, his speeches. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. He must think that primary voters are not going to be as swayed by that as they are by some of his other things, like his battle against Disney. Yeah, well, I think that's a miscalculation. I really I think do. so, too. I, mean, I think that's a miscalculation. Um, is Tim Scott destined to be vice presidential candidate, <laughs> or has he got a shot at actually winning the whole nomination, Steve Moore? He's got an outside shot. He could be. He'd be a great. He would be a great, great vice presidential candidate. But of course, my vice presidential candidate is Kim Reynolds, the governor of Iowa, who is oh, a superstar. Oh wow, she is a superstar. And Liz, uh, are you still fighting hard for Chris Christie and the George Washington <laughs> Bridge? <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, the, the uh, <clears throat> chutzpah of this guy, who I blame for Trump's loss. I actually put this at Chris Christie's door. Why? Because he was the guy that convinced him to be a bully and a bore in that first debate. Yes. And he lost the election that yes. night, in my view. All right, kids. Thanks very much, Liz. Peace. Steve Moore.